I hope you're enjoying your Thanksgiving weekend, and hopefully you have some days off from work and can enjoy time with your family or just time to rest. You know, Thanksgiving is a time to give thanks to God, and when you read the Bible, uh, there's psalm after psalm about giving thanks to God, and we want to do the same thing for Thanksgiving. You read the Bible, they celebrate through singing. That's the number one way that people celebrate thanks to God is through times of singing praises to him for how awesome he is. It's amazing that Psalms is the thickest book in the Bible. It's got 150 chapters. No other book gets close to having 150 chapters. Each of those chapters is a different song that was written. So there's something about singing to God that's powerful and very biblical. So we'll continue that in our service today because we're focusing on Thanksgiving giving thanks to God. Today, what I want to do is look at the Bible to see what the Bible says about how to say thanks. How to say thanks. I think people have a hard time saying thanks sometimes. They just think it's assumed, and they don't take the effort to show their appreciation. Research has shown the healthiest emotion that you can have is an attitude of gratitude. If you want to be healthy, you have to have a grateful heart. You will live happier, you will live healthier. It says that people that have a grateful heart actually live longer. You want to live a long life? Be grateful. When you're not grateful, it has the opposite effects. God wants us to be the type of people that we appreciate things. We want to appreciate things in the world that we see. When you see a flower, when you see like a beautiful full moon or whatever you see, things start appreciating what's out there. That's a way of showing our love for God, that we appreciate his creation. He wants us to appreciate one another. Thanksgiving has everything to do with appreciation. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, it says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. That's kind of powerful because there's a lot of circumstances that we're not thankful for, but God is teaching us to still be a thankful person in spite of the circumstance you're in. Because having a heart of gratitude is more of a character quality than what's happening around me. It's like love. We talk about love. If you only love people that are good to you, that doesn't mean that you're a loving person. That means that you respond to nice people. You might be as rotten as they come, but you love people who love you because you respond to them. But what's a loving person? A loving person is someone that's loving even when people around them aren't loving them because it's, it's a characteristic that they have. My love toward others has nothing to do with whether they love me. My love toward others has nothing to do with how they treat me. My love toward others, it's about who I am as a person. That's when you're a loving person. When you're at peace, you can't say, well, I'm a peaceful person because there's no conflict going on. You're a peaceful person when in the middle of conflict, you're still peaceful. Then it's a characteristic of who you are. It's not a characteristic of the circumstance around you. God says be thankful in all circumstances. He wants it to be a characteristic of, of who you are as a person. This is the type of person I am. I'm a thankful person in spite of what's going on around me. There's a lot of things not to be thankful for, but I can still be a thankful person. In Colossians 2.7, it says, let your lives overflow with joy and thanksgiving. God wants it just oozing out of you. 
He wants you to be overflowing with joy and thanksgiving, that attitude of gratitude. One of the people in the Bible, the Apostle Paul, he is probably one of the best examples that we can find of someone that showed and expressed thanks to God and thanks to other people over and over. When you read the letters that he wrote, he's constantly thanking people and thanking God. He knew how to show people that he appreciated them. We might be thinking, well, why do I need to express appreciation? Because when something appreciates, it rises in value. If you bought a house, you know what I mean. It appreciates. If you buy a brand new car, you know the opposite of that. It depreciates. Once you drive it off the lot, it, gets, it goes down in value. It's the same way with people. When you show appreciation to someone, it rises their self-esteem, but it also reveals the value that you have for them. And they need to see that. Your husband needs to see that. Your wife needs to see that. Your kids need to see that. You can't just assume that they know. You have to show them appreciation. They won't know it if you don't show it. Appreciation is always going to rise people up. Uh, William James said, the deepest principle in human nature is the craving to be appreciated. People crave that. I use the illustrations a lot from coaching because I, I coach at the high school, and I see it with the kids. When I build them up and tell them how good I, they're doing and how much I believe in them, they thought their self-esteem goes up and they also perform better. I see other coaches sometimes and getting like hard on their kids and demoralizing them. And they're wondering why we just beat them so bad. A lot of it has to do with that coach. He doesn't know how to build the team up. He thinks somehow, if he shows them how he's disappointed with them all the time, that that's going to motivate them to be stars. And they keep losing because they feel like losers because he makes them feel that way. And I take the opposite approach. I build them up. Even when they do bad, I point out what they did bad, but then I build them up and say, but, you know, you correct this and this. You're, that guy would never beat you again. You know, you're on your way. You're going to be great. I don't know how to tell a kid that he's not going to be good. I only know how to tell him how he's going to succeed. And, it, and it, shows, it shows. And the team excels. You want that to happen with your kids. You want that to happen with your wife. You want that to happen with your husband. You want it to happen with your friends, that you show them appreciation. Mark Twain said, I can go two months on one good compliment. Because it impacts people. When someone compliments you, you remember it. Some of you can remember a teacher or a coach or something that your dad or mom said to you years ago that made you feel so appreciated that you remember it today. Unfortunately, some of you can remember negative things a coach, a teacher, or a parent said to you, and you remember that today. It can be both. But a compliment, it impacts people. It, it doesn't just make them feel good. It actually changes their life. They want to perform. It helps them to believe in themselves when they feel like somebody believes in them. People are starving for appreciation. There's three things you ought to appreciate in people. One is loyalty. Appreciate the fact that people stick with you, that people have been faithful to you through thick and thin. I mean, that counts for something. This person's been my friend over the years and has never given up on me uh, during the good times and during the bad times. 
It's easy to be my friend during the good times, but to be my friend during the bad times, wow, that's a real friend. Philippians 1, 3 through 5 says, I thank God for you every time I think of you because of the way in which you've helped me in the work in the gospel from the very first day until now. Both now that I am in prison and also while I'm free. In other words, you helped me and you stuck with me not only when I was free and everything was going good, you stuck with me even when they stuck me in prison and made me an outlaw. And everybody was talking bad about me and you guys stuck with me. You were faithful. You didn't care that everybody else was bad-mouthing me and saying I was rotten. You stayed by my side. You hung in there. And for this, Paul gave them great thanks. I thank you for that. He thanked them because they were loyal. They were like his booster club. They were there to cheer him on. Paul, no matter what happens, we're with you. You can do it. And he needed that. Now, if the Apostle Paul needed people to show him appreciation, if the Apostle Paul needed people to build him up and encourage him, how much more so do we need that? We need those people that believe in us. People deserve to know that you appreciate them. And you deserve to know that they appreciate you. And not because they just did something unusual, unusual or spectacular, you know, spectacular. It's because they were loyal. You don't have to show appreciation just because they won the contest. There's something about the people that were there that they showed up. You know, they commit, they're, they're committed. And you show them appreciation for what they are doing. People need that. Marriages are a lot more happy when they feel like they're appreciated for what they do. Sometimes just the fact that your spouse hung in there when you did something stupid that caused the bankruptcy. And your spouse hung in there and isn't giving up on you and is doing everything they can. Or you made a major career change that you thought was going to be for the good, but it's been nothing but bad. And they, don't, and they love you just as much. And they're hanging in there with you. You know, and they're, they're, they're by your side. They're, they're still fighting for you. Or you go through that midlife crisis time and, or even menopause and different things that we go through where maybe our attitude is grumpy and we're not coming out right. And we look back at those times and think, how could anybody live with me during those years? But they stuck with you. And they were on your side 100%. We need to be great. There's something about loyalty. The fact that someone will stick with me through thick and thin, through good and bad. I see this a lot in our church members. I mean, think about the things this church has gone through. We've had great times. We've had hard times. You know, a church is just like a family. We are a family. You have times in a family where someone has a great job and everything's going well financially and other times it's bad. Sometimes somebody has a moral failure in a family and things are really hard, but then later on they get better. I mean, you just get all these crazy things that happen. And we're a big family. A church is a big family. But the fact that... You stuck with the church in good times and bad times. Do you know what's going to happen down the road? More good times and more bad times. I can guarantee you that. You know why I can guarantee it? Because the church is filled with people. You know what's going to happen down the road in your personal family? More good times and more bad times. I guarantee it. Because it's people. You know what's going to happen in your personal life? More good times and more bad times. Guaranteed. Because you're there. Okay, but it sure does help when people stick with you, not just in the good times, but in the bad times. We all have friends 
They're very loyal to us when things are great, when you're on top of the world. You hear about this from actors and actresses and great athletes. They have all these friends when they're the hero. But when it all ends, where are all their friends? So many of them left them. They, they find out at that point who their real friends were, the people that weren't just after something, but people that really liked them as a person. It's a shame that that happens, but it happens to us as well. You find out in your hard times who's loyal to you. Appreciate them. Let them know how much you appreciate them. I highly appreciate the people in this church that have, that have been here year after year and just hanging in there through good and bad. That's what love is. You've shown me love in that way. You've shown one another in this body love. A second thing that we give thanks to is differences. Appreciate the differences. Don't insist that everybody think like you and act like you and feel like you. Don't insist on that. People need to be different. I, I'm so happy when I hear, like I'll talk to some people, for example, since the election just happened, I talked to some people and, and they said, uh, they would tell me different reasons why they vote Democratic. Then I talk to somebody else and they give me different reasons why they vote Republican. You know what I'm happy about? I'm happy that people have different ways of thinking. You know what I mean? That's good. Not everybody thinks the same. Not everybody values the same things. Some people say, well, I think this is more important. Somebody else says, well, I think this is more important. And they're not choosing bad things. They're choosing different things that are more important to them and the perspective of their life and what they're going through and what they think would be best for the country. I love that. We weren't all meant to be cookie-cutter images of one another. If two people are exactly the same on everything, one of them is not thinking. I hope that you'll always be a thinking person, that you're always evaluating why you're doing what you're doing. Even in your faith, if you believe everything exactly like I believe because of what I've said, whatever, that means you're not thinking. I've got to say something that you disagree with. And I'm not saying that you're disagreeing with the Bible, but you're disagreeing with, well, Jimmy says that, but when I read the Bible, it seems like it's really saying something like this. I don't quite think that's right. And that's okay. If you never disagree with something that I say, you're really not thinking. You're just following, right? It's okay for people to be different and for people to see things in a different way. Sometimes it has nothing to do with right or wrong. It's just different. You don't have to see everything eye to eye to walk hand in hand. And when someone's different from you and they accept you and love you, give them thanks because a lot of people aren't like that in this world. A lot of people use the differences to make you look bad. They don't love you in spite of the fact that you're different. They dislike the fact that you're different. That's the opposite of Christianity. You love those people. Here's what Colossians 3, 13 through 15 says. Be patient and tolerant with one another. Always be ready to forgive if you have a difference with anyone. For you were called to live as one united body and always be thankful. It's saying it's okay to be different. You can even be thankful of the differences. Because when you have these differences, a lot of times it brings balance. It can bring balance in a church, in a school, in a business, when people are thinking down different lines. Have you ever noticed in any sort of business, you have that optimistic person that says, we can do this, this. Then you have that pessimistic person that starts pointing out all the reasons why it won't work. Those guys should never be enemies with one another. They're best friends. They should be. Because think about it. You get this great idea, we can do this and this and this, and this person over here says, well, 
that won't work because, of, and they point out that you need somebody that can point out all those details because it will still work. But you need somebody that would point out all those negative details about it so you know what you have to do to really make it work, to make you think through it better. But if everybody was just positive about it and nobody pointed out the negative, guaranteed failure. Guaranteed failure. Also, if everybody was negative and nobody was positive, you would never do anything. You talk one another out of it. Before it's over, everybody's convinced that that can't work. It's the differences that makes a church great. It's the differences that makes a business great. It's thinking differently. It's the differences that give you a healthier family. Can you imagine if both mom and dad are too strict? What kind of home would that be? Can you imagine if both mom and dad are too lenient? What kind of home would that be? Either way, the kids are going to be messed up in those extremes. But if you have a parent that's a little bit more strict and you have the other one that's more lenient, it, it, it creates a balance. You don't want to be the same as your partner on everything. Isn't it funny? God's sense of humor. You know, the person that's daring and impulsive marries the cautious, conservative person. You know, the person that talks marries the silent person. The person that spends money marries the tightwad. Isn't that weird how we were like that? Paul says to be, yeah, we know it, huh? <laughs> Me and my wife, it's the same thing. It's weird. But it seems like you marry your opposite, but that's okay. That actually can create a healthier marriage. Don't be upset with them for being different. It's a good thing. The third thing that you want to thank people for and be grateful about is effort. The fact that they tried, not that they necessarily always succeed, but there's something to be thankful about, the effort behind it. In 1 Thessalonians 1, 2, and 3, we always thank God for you, how you put your faith into practice and how your love made you work so hard. Effort counts. I can remember the first time I tried to cook for Tanya. <laughs> I put effort into it. <laughs> she cooks great, so I put an effort in and it didn't come out as great. But she was still thankful to me. It made me feel good. I knew as we were going through the meal, like, oh, this is not her standard. I figured out somewhere along the way that it was not working. But I, I'm glad that she appreciated my effort because I was really trying to bless her. She didn't see it as, you loser, what are you, what are you doing in the kitchen? But I wonder if that's why she doesn't let me cook anymore. Maybe, maybe that was uh, what she really felt. But she showed me appreciation for my effort. And it makes you feel good. You want to be appreciated for the effort. The fact that you don't always have to be the champion. Sometimes, you know, you give it 100%, and you need to be appreciated for that. The fact that someone's really honestly trying. See, sometimes we spend too much time nagging instead of bragging about somebody. Too, much times, too many times giving them pokes instead of strokes. As a parent, I want to build my kids up as much as I can. My appreciation for my parents is way higher. Thanksgiving should be a time that you thank your parents for what they've done. Because once you have kids, you now realize what they went through. And I think about it. I don't know how my mom did this. She was 24 years old. If you're 24 years old, to me, that's really young. Okay, to me, I'm 55. So to me, 24 seems really young to me. And I, think, and I look back at how immature I was at 24, and I think, how did my mom do it? She had a baby, a two-year-old, a four-year-old, and a five-year-old. And, you know, yeah. I, I, 
with two parents. My, my dad wasn't involved pretty much. He was working all the time, late, coming home. He wasn't really involved that much at home, and she had these four kids. And I think, we've got a baby and a three-year-old, and we have two parents that are actively involved, and it's too much for me. How did she, how did she do that? My appreciation for her shoots up when I realized what she did. And later on, they had two more kids. You know, they didn't know when to stop. So, but I look at, I, I appreciate them. Uh, I sometimes think like, they could have done this better, they could have done that better. And then I realized she was 24 years old. You know, she was 19 years old when she had her first child. And I kind of grow up and think about how much I've grown and learned since then, that my 55 years of experience, I have no right to judge a 19-year-old and expect them to do what I would do at age 55. My respect for my parents shoot up when I think what they've done. They could have had a much easier life if they would have just had five kids and left me out. They would have. Your parents would have had an easier life not having you. But because they had you and loved you and allowed you to be here, be, be thankful. The, one of the Ten Commandments is honor your parents. Be thankful uh, for them. Uh, even if they weren't perfect parents, be thankful for the effort that they were trying. There's three specific things on how to show appreciation. One is be real, be genuine, be sincere, you know, real heartfelt. You know, have it, be a honest, have it come from the heart. Let it really be an honest appreciation. Uh, don't just say it and don't mean it. You know, be honest about it. Be real. Here's a poem. This was uh, appropriate because when I put, this, I put my sermons together uh, three weeks in advance, and this was during election time, and I thought, oh, this is a funny poem. He's so glad to see me and calls me by name. When I say he, I'm not referring to a specific, you know, so I'm just saying in general. He's so glad to see me and calls me by name, holds on to my hand as charming or bane. He looks in my eyes, my heart starts to float. I know it's for certain he's after my vote. <laughs> Don't be a politician that you're showing them appreciation because you're trying to get something from them. Have it be sincere, a sincere appreciation. Be recognizable. When you express uh, appreciation, express it in a way that they understand what you appreciate from them. If you say to someone, I really appreciate you, and walk off, do they know what that means? They won't know if you're not specific. Tell them what you appreciate about them. Saying the words I appreciate, you, it's not clear. They don't know what to do with that. Be specific. I appreciate you because of you do this. I appreciate the way that you, you know, take care of the kids when I'm at work. I appreciate how much you put into dinner to make it so good, you know. I appreciate that uh, when my, uh, you know, I appreciate that my car's low on gas and you actually drove it to the gas station, my car, to the gas station and brought it back for me so I'd be ready to go in the morning and I don't have to deal with that. You know, just be specific so they know what you appreciate about them. Some people say, I'm just not that way. I don't tell my, you know, I don't, I'm just, it's not in my personality to like, get mushy and tell my wife how much I love her, appreciate her, or how much I love my kids, appreciate it. If it's not part of your personality, here's what you do. You do it anyway. That's, if it's, well, it's just not my personality, but what you do, you do it anyway. Why is that? Because it's probably in their personality to need it. And it's pretty selfish if my kids need something, and because it's not my personality, I don't do it. I'm going to do it no matter what. 
It doesn't matter if it's my personality to do that type of stuff. You do it anyway because they need it. In Proverbs 15, 33, what a joy it is to find just the right word for the right occasion. That's putting effort into it. You know, you're trying to think of, because you're trying to make sure they get why, you're, why you appreciate them. Proverbs 12, 35, a word of encouragement does wonders. It blesses your kids and your family and your friends more than what you might recognize. And number three is be regular. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 13, we ought to continually thank God for you. So it's constant. It's, it's a habit. I've always seen a pat in the back works better than a kick in the butt. You know what I mean? Give me a pat in the back. Tell them I appreciate you. You know, that people need that. It's like the secretary that goes to work and her boss is always showing her appreciation. And the boss says, um, uh, Miss Johnson, do you mind uh, getting me a cup of coffee? And he's so nice to her and shows how she, he's always like appreciating what she does. And she says, sure. And she's happy to go get him a cup of coffee for him because she feels so appreciated by all the things he says. Then she gets home and her husband's there, and the husband says, hey, honey, do you mind getting me a cup of coffee? And she says, get it yourself. What's the difference? Appreciation. A lot of times we feel appreciated by everybody except for our own family. We do everything. Make sure that in your family, make sure in your life that you're, if anybody feels appreciated, it's your family. Yeah. Maybe the person at work doesn't feel appreciated. Maybe some, but... If I'm going to have a failure on appreciation, if I'm going to, I would rather fail in my appreciation with you than fail in my appreciation with my wife. You know, if, if I'm going to mess up, I'd rather mess up with you than with her. I'd rather mess up with you than with my kids. Do you understand? Am I saying mess up with you? No, I don't want to mess up with anybody. But make sure... Your, your, make sure your, your wife or husband or your kids feel appreciated. I mean, they're the, that's the priority. Make sure your family feels it. Make it a regular part of your conversation with them. In Galatians 16, it says, whenever we can, we should always be kind to everyone and especially to our Christian brothers. The idea is make sure that we make one another feel appreciated. In a church... That is one place that you should feel appreciated for the things you do. When there's someone that's served eight years in the junior high ministry and they want to take a break, no one should make them feel guilty. You should build a shrine for them. Come on, they worked with junior high kids for eight years. You know, so you should appreciate them. You know, you show them Love and how, how grateful you are for what they've done. Alex Haley, the guy that wrote Roots, he said back when he was young in the Coast Guards, it was on the Thanksgiving, and he was working, um, he was preparing and serving the Thanksgiving uh, dinner to the crew there. And at the end of the day, he was exhausted. He was just going, going. And he thought, is this really what Thanksgiving is about? Me just working, working, working. But he was in the military, and that's what he had to do. But, but it made him reflect on what Thanksgiving is really all about. He said, it's really about giving thanks. I need to thank people for what they've done in my life. So he thought about the, the people that impacted his life the most, and he wrote down seven names. These are the most powerful seven people that have done great things for me. I'm, I need to go to them and just tell them how thankful I am. That's what Thanksgiving is about, except for he realized four of them have already died. 
And I've never, these of the seven people that impacted my life the most, that I'm the most grateful for, four had already died, and I had never told them I'm thankful. I never once sat down with them and told them how grateful I was for what they did in my life. He wrote that to tell us. He's communicating to us to say, don't make the same mistake I did. There are people that you're grateful for. Talk to them now. You might not have tomorrow. Tomorrow, you might not have that opportunity. He's trying to encourage us to, to think about that on Thanksgiving. You know, at least that's one day a year that you're reminded to tell the people that you're grateful. Don't wait till they're gone. You know, one red rose to someone while they're living is way more impactful than a whole wreath of flowers at the funeral. So let them know now. Don't put it off. Don't think I'll tell my parents later. You don't know what the future holds. Tell them now. There's something about showing them that you're grateful. More than anything else, we should be grateful for God. God gives us life. You know, you can praise God for your family, for your kids, for your spouse, for your boyfriend, girlfriend. Rain today, sunshine tomorrow. But there's so many things that you can thank God for. Make sure that you have an attitude of gratitude toward God. Nothing can be more important than that. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Father, help us develop the attitude of gratitude that we need so that we might be more like you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.